Uh, welcome on into Chasing Points. We are recapping week 14 for you here, over here at Dynasty. Happy hour. Very excited. Very excited to, to get this week talked about because there are a lot of huge weeks going on. I mean, we're sitting here watching the tail end of this game. And, I mean, the Bengals 49ers is absolutely insane. We have the Bills and Bucks. Absolutely insane. But, obviously, this is a big week for fantasy as we make our way into the playoffs. So hope y'all made it in if you're watching. I know I got in quite a few leagues, so I'm very excited about that. But let's go ahead and break down some of these performances and talk a little bit about some fantasy days. Let's start out with uh, let's start out with Patrick Mahomes. You know, Patrick Mahomes is somebody who has been up and down this entire season, and he's been almost like impossible to rely on. Outside of like the first, what, four or five games, right? So over the past few weeks, he's given you 23 points a day, gave you 13 points in, in week 13. In week 11, gave you seven. In week 10, he gave you 46. But in week nine, it was 12.44. So is Patrick Mahomes up against the Chargers? Well, with Patrick Mahomes up against the Chargers this upcoming week, Chargers have actually had a great pass defense. Is Patrick Mahomes somebody that you have to start up against the Chargers, or would you actually look to play another guy that you know might be competitive with it being dynasty rosters? No, nah, I'm playing him. I mean, you're you're still playing him every game. It would take it would take a lot for him to become like matchup dependent. Yeah, but I, I'm, I think, I'm playing him. I think it is possible that he becomes or he gets the level of matchup dependent. But as of like right now, I think I'm going to play him now up against Pittsburgh. It's a little bit of a different story. And then you have Cincinnati. So, I mean, his last three games for the fantasy football season is brutal. I mean, we talk about the Chargers, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. But, you know, coming off this hot game, going into the tail end of the season where they have to secure a spot. And, you know, with him being quarterback seven on the season overall anyways, I mean, he's somebody that I want to make sure is in the majority of my lineups, if not every single lineup, unless I have another stud. You know, let's bring up, for example, Justin Herbert, who had an excellent game today. You know, he's somebody that has been a little bit hot or cold, just like Patrick Mahomes, and the Chiefs' defense has actually been much better as of late. So let's just say you have those two players, because actually doing one league. Which one are you going to be rolling out next week? They're playing each other. That's tough, man. I think I'm still going to play. Ugh, that is tough. I think I still want to play Patrick. I think I still want to play Patrick Chase. Oh, I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, I'm there back. you go. There you go. I think I still want to play Patrick. Yeah, I would lean Patrick <clears> in that <throat> one as well. Uh, but like I said, it's something where you have to still but keep I, on it. I talked mad trash about Herbert today, and look what happened. So <laughs> I feel like that's that's what tends to happen from time. You Just end up going me. off on somebody. Yep, you end up going off on somebody, and then they end up performing at a very high level. Every freaking time. All right, so let's go ahead and hop on to another quarterback real quick that I want to discuss, and it's somebody who, uh, man, like you want to sit there and you want to believe in them and you want to think that they're going to do great things, right? But then they always end up like letting you down. And Russell Wilson is somebody that has to fall into that category, right? Well, I'm never playing Russell Wilson again this year. He's put up playoffs. Never. So he's put up 23.48, 20.74, and then 24.2 points over the past three weeks. So he's actually been Mm -hmm. fantasy relevant and he's been very good up against the Rams next week, which is a division rivalry. I mean, he sucked the last time he played him only had, I might play him. I might play him against Detroit. 
you might play him to the finals <laughs> if you make it to the finals. But this was Houston, right? You're supposed to do this against Houston. 17 of 28 for 260 and two is not good. No, That's but it did not still good. allow you to, it still did allow you to win this week if you played them. You know, sure. it, it didn't now hinder take you that to, game to, to LA. Take that game to LA. Mm-mm. Hey, they He's allow underneath enough. passes. Yeah. How about that's, that Tyler Lockett great. call earlier today? That's that's great, but you're not going to get 137 yards from Rashad Penny. And you're also maybe going to get pressured every now and then with well, LA. Look, I don't see I don't see it. I don't want to play him next week. Let's hop on and to even another for player. Dynasty. Hold on, even for <laughs> Dynasty, I'm worried about Russell Wilson because because one of them's gonna go. Wilson's gonna go or Pete Carroll's gonna go. If it's Pete Carroll that goes. It might be exciting for Wilson because they might bring in, I don't know, there's a Joe Brady out there who, yeah, he got fired as an OC, but people still love his offensive mind. Just maybe Matt Rule is the problem in that situation, which I'm starting to think he is. And, uh, you know, maybe they get an offensive, uh, you know, guru. I hate that phrase, but at, at head coach. And then Russell Wilson to the moon. If it's Russell Wilson that leaves, you were great. You were great for a while in Dynasty there, bro, but you're going to be the hottest sell in Dynasty if he's out of Seattle. Well, let's talk There's about a running back. That have, yeah. Let's talk about a running back that is pretty much the sole reason as to why a lot of these people are in fantasy championships right now or in the fantasy playoffs, excuse me. Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler's oh, been going off. Oh, he's he's amazing. He's RB2 right now in the season, and he's somebody that you know had an excellent game or was on track to end up getting hurt. Uh, it looked like he had a twisted ankle, and I know there's not too many reports oh, out there no. saying what he has, but you know it's something as to where like we have to be cautious about it. So let's just say that you know the injury is not as bad, right? Like it's it's not completely terrible. You know he's somebody that you still want to roll out because it's not like he's playing you know 100 percent of the snaps already, or at least I don't believe. So let me double check that. Yeah, I mean he's only playing right around 70 percent of the snaps, so it's not like it's going to you know hinder his ability to produce. I mean he's elite. He's completely in a, like an elite level player when it comes to efficiency. So if the injury isn't that bad, I'm not too concerned about rolling him out up against Kansas city. In fact, I want to roll him out up against Kansas city. Uh, you know, is this something that you're on board with or uh, do you want to wait and see on Austin Eckler? Uh, I'm not playing him next week. Uh, Cause apparently it was the same ankle that put him on IR. So I'm, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm probably, it's the first week of the playoffs. It's a Thursday night game. It's such trash. Yeah, it's brutal. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I want to see what the report is. They didn't bring him back. They didn't need to. It would have been nice to see if they needed to bring him back if he would have come in. But they didn't need to bring him back, so they kept him out. Um, I almost wish that game was closer so we could know. But Eckler's been dope because of the goal line work. If he's got a bum ankle. Tough matchup, brutal matchup. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna sit a week. I like. I want to wait and see though. Well, let's go ahead and bring on a breakout player who was dealing with injuries prior to this. Woo! Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny yeah, goes there's out. No it's 137 yards, two touchdowns. Two I touchdowns. Hope you don't have, I hope you don't have a trade deadline in your dynasty league so you can trade him. <laughs> he only played on 40% of the snaps this week, and he still crushed it. He was breaking tackles. He was looking like the player that the Seahawks drafted in the first round, you know, trying to, you know, 
trying to get the the stud and and this looks like he could be it so obviously you're not on board with this but i do want to explore the possibility of him actually being a candidate who can get you to the playoffs we already talked about how the seahawks play the rams this week or this upcoming week i should say and with this matchup the rams allow you know a very high level of pass catching running backs to perform up against them. If you guys want to check that out, go to fantasyintervention.com slash D-O-C-E. That's the dose score. It judges dump-off containment efficiency of the defenses. And the Rams allow passes underneath. They just don't want to get beat deep. They don't give off chunk gains. They allow teams to get up against them. So I think that Rashad Penny is still in play here, even if he didn't get used in the passing game. Meanwhile, after that, you have Chicago. One of the best part about Rashad Penny. And then Detroit. being Being like, you're using the dose score to determine like Rashad Penny has two catches in two games. One against San Francisco. And this game was against the Houston Texans. I don't care. I don't care. I I pick him up on your waiver wire if you want to, but I don't care. Putting him in in the playoffs? No. I don't care. I do not care. All right. No. This this was <laughs> I think this was his his career high in touches in a game, and it was 17. Houston Texans just bring dial it back. He looks fine. He big run and all uh, fantastic. But um, it was the Houston Texans. <laughs> Relax. Uh, I'm somebody that actually wants to get on board with Rashad Penny. I'm not sure that I'm going to run him out unless I need to, but I at least want to get him on the waivers oh if God. he's available. And if somebody wants to give me Rashad Penny for like a third rounder, I take well, it. Here's 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 the interesting question. So when you look at somebody like Rashad Penny and, and his matchup and after today and blah, 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 right? Josh Jacobs had a bad day. Nick Chubb had a bad day. Zeke had a bad day. He's hurt. Mixon's having a bad day right now. He looks like his day is done. Um, you know, Eckler is banged up. They, there are a couple of backs I might play him over, but like if Eckler is hurt, right, and he's not playing, I, like maybe, like he's a desperation play, but I'm not going to get, I'm I'm not saying like oh if you have no other healthy guys I still wouldn't play him. That's not the case. But like next week Travis Homer could take a pass and take it for 50 yards or Alex Collins can get it on the one. Right? I just don't I don't care enough to be like excited. I know people wanted Penny to be a thing for like years, but I I'm not excited. Would you trade a third rounder for him? No. No, See, I would, I would wouldn't. trade a third rounder for him. I mean, he just looked good, just, just from the eye test alone. But he always break looks, tackles he looks good. He looks good like one time, and then like at practice this week, he's gonna whack his, or not even at practice. He's gonna be at home. He's gonna get home. He's gonna celebrate. He's having a good time. He's gonna sit down with a nice cold glass of soda and whack his shin off the coffee table and go on IR. I don't. I, that's not something I want on my someone I want on my pleasure. If he wins you a league, at me, Thomas Tipple FF. It'd be great, but. No, nah, I'd, I'd rather take my literal dart throw. Well, Javonta Williams had another massive game, right? Boss. This is now, what, three in a row? 20 yeah. points, 28 points, uh, 21 points, three consecutive weeks. It's, I mean, he's looking incredible, right? That spin, did you see the spin for him to get into the end zone? I saw everything. He is a god, and I am so glad that I had Javonta Williams ranked, ranked ahead of Najee Harris, although Najee Harris did outscore him this past week. I think that this guy is going to be an elite-level player, for, for many, many years to come. However, he has Cincinnati Bengals, who are tougher on defense, right? And then he has Las Vegas and the Chargers moving forward. So what would it take you to move Javante Williams? Like, mm-hmm. if you were sitting there and you had him on your roster, or let's just say you're trying to acquire him, 
you know, I know you're not supposed to buy high, but I don't think he's at his high right now. I don't think he's at his high. I think his high could consist of, you know, like what people were, were getting for oh, Saquon think, Barkley and what they no, were getting for CMC. I think here's here's the problem is they need Melvin Gordon to go away. Right? Melvin Gordon had 24 carries today and he was questionable at one point. Right? They need him to go away. 24 carries, 111 yards, and they had two touchdowns. What I'm worried about is Denver sees like we're being successful with this. We're we're winning games with this. We we can bring him back. If yeah, Melvin he's Gordon be a free comes agent back. Yeah, if Melvin Gordon comes back at like a discount, if he's smart. If Melvin Gordon is a smart man, he's going to take a discount to come back. And if it does, the top 12 Javante Williams uh, season next year is gone. Barring, again, we're going we're gonna to go through the same thing. Even if it's a 60-40 touch share, right? That's not good for Javante w- with Melvin Gordon because how much better are the Broncos going to be? Like maybe they go and get like Rodgers or something. Yeah, if they get Rodgers, I think that creates trouble. But if they go in with a similar offense or maybe even a rookie quarterback, you know, we could be sitting there looking at the same exact. I don't want a rookie quarterback. I don't want a rookie quarterback on that team. If Melvin Gordon is there, I'd rather have a rookie quarterback because you're going to have rushing attempts through the roof. Yeah, but that's arguably going to be a worse offense. More rushing attempts on a worse offense doesn't necessarily mean good either. No, but he's still. I want a better offense. So if they go and get Aaron Rodgers, I don't want them to bring Gordon back, right? Or like any any like good quarterback, they might like they go Garoppolo, but Bridgewater Garoppolo is like the same thing. So whatever. But any one of those free agent class uh, quarterbacks, right? It's fine, but it's gonna come down to the running back. Whether Gordon's gone or they bring somebody else in, if they draft a guy like past the fourth round or in the fourth round, then I'm not gonna care about who they brought in because it's going to be Javante 70 30 probably at least that's what I'm guessing at this point but if Melvin Gordon or any other established running back is there his top 12 season next year is going to be hard to come by it's a JK Dobbins situation that's what it is 15 touches 73 yards a couple receptions sometimes and a few touchdowns it's 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 going to be hard to be that top top 10 guy like I think at uh, people are starting to rave about Javante as a top five dynasty back and that's tough for me to get to not oh, knowing where Gordon goes, not knowing where Gordon or what, what happens, right? Like it's good to be reactive, not uh, predictive, not reactive, but top five for Javante. A lot of things need to go his way. It's going to be tough. Well, let's, let's talk about what it would take though, to actually acquire him. Like what would you be willing to give up or what would you be willing to, to, to give for him? So let's say that I came at you. We'll talk to quarterback league for dynasty. And I offered you, I don't know. Uh, let's say T Higgins. Would you take T Higgins? There's a 0% chance I'm trading Javante Williams for anything less than what you were acquiring Saquon Barkley for, uh, you know, in the preseason. So Which just, was just right like from two, there. Three first oh, round you picks? need multiple first round draft picks, a player. I'm not letting him go off my roster. There's no way. All right. No way. You heard it here. The, I'm not either. I way, think he's going to be massive. The, and I did trade him. I did trade him. I traded him four weeks ago for, Christian McCaffrey. It didn't work out well, but that's <laughs> that's the business of the game, though, right? But sometimes you you make those calls to quote unquote win now. Uh, but for the most part, straight up, I'm just not trying to trade them off. I'm not actively trying to trade them off my roster. No way. I get like sell while he's high. You do, you don't have to sell every player that's good because they're playing well. You don't have to do that. 
Like just just an example is somebody's uh, you know no trade deadline leagues are trying to tell me that I need to trade my 27 year old stud receivers to quote unquote get younger because I'm not winning this year. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Stop it. Stop it. That's hey, it's appreciated values, thing. man. But it's 27. Get that's out old. of here. That's all. Get off. All right. So let's go ahead and talk about, about another player who could have had their breakout performance in Royce Freeman. He goes out and puts up 12 I, points today. I quit. <laughs> Tyler, come get your boy. <laughs> Royce Freeman, the next stud, right? Oh, man. Yeah, you took 102 over Chase. That's fine. I mean, I in super in Superflex Leagues, Mike, I took uh, Javante 106 where Chase went 107, and I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Chase is a great player, but I want the running back. That was just my take. I had, I had Javante RB1 in the class. And I get that Najee yeah. Harris is like putting up numbers, but he's James Conner to, to Javante Williams, who's not. So, yeah, take that for what you will. I mean, Javante Williams can actually create on his own. So there's that. Yeah, I mean. I'm not going to start that debate, though, but I want to. No, we're, we're not going to get into that too heavy. Najee's bad. By the way, Thomas, you have to realize that, that we're on a podcast as well. So you have to tell people what you're reading on the screen. So Mike Kenny out there, he's in the comments. He says he took Williams 102 over Jamar Chase this year. So that's what Thomas's rant was, was over right there. All right, let's go ahead and hop over to the wide receiver position. Oh, I know you can. I can rant <laughs> let's, all day. Let's hop over to the wide receiver position. We saw Jalen Guyton have a game like we I expect care. him to see. But he put up very similar numbers when it comes to fantasy points to to Palmer. I mean, they both ended up having very good games, put up 18 points apiece right around that the range. Both put in a touchdown. Jalen Guyton only had three receptions compared to Palmer's five, only three targets compared to Palmer's seven. But he did put up 21 more yards than Palmer did. So when it comes to this team, are either one of them going to be a focal point in the offense with the possibility of Mike Williams moving on? Or, you know, is it something where, hey, they're going to splash when they splash. There's no need to try and go for them. You know, there's no need to try and acquire them in Dynasty. I mean, Josh Palmer is the player I'd want. Jalen Guyton's a glorified fullback. He runs so many routes, and they're all just as far as he can go down the field for as long as the play is. He's almost never the intended target. So the last two games have been great for him, and I'm happy for him. He's earned it. But he's a glorified fullback that plays wide receiver. Uh the way they use him as, as a decoy and everything. Um, I'm not really going to go out of my way to acquire them either. Right. It, it, if you have them, that's great. Right. Good for you. You, you, you're onto something, but yeah, I, I, I want Palmer if anything, but I, I don't think Mike Williams is going anywhere. I think Mike Williams knows his best shot is in LA. I don't think well, he's going anywhere. I think he's staying put. They're not known for paying people, so we'll see how that goes. I don't think they're going to have to pay him much. Mike Williams had a great four games, but he I remember people more were on the getting, market for for a, a one-time thousand-yard receiver and a one-time ten-touchdown wide receiver. I get he's a former first-round draft pick, but he's nothing. He's nothing special. He's nothing special as a player. Hey, he's look like what he, Robbie Anderson acquired this year. <laughs> Yeah, but Carolina is uh, is a, a team with a bad front office. So Kenny Galladay. Exactly. <laughs> bad front office. <laughs> All right, let's hop on to the leading score for the wide receiver position this week. Hunter Renfro had 13 receptions on 14 targets, 117 yards, one touchdown. I mean, he won somebody 
spot in the playoffs this week. He was absolutely like incredible in the receiving game over there. A lot of it had to do with Dar- Darren Waller being out and Foster Moreau not able to capitalize on his opportunities. Josh Jacobs didn't look well, good. They're not so using him the same why. either. I want I want that stated. Foster Moreau would be a good starting tight end on most NFL teams, but they don't use him obviously the same no, way because he's not Darren Waller. I saw yep. people taking a big dump on Moreau. It's not necessarily his fault. They don't use him the same. Yeah, I mean, meanwhile, you sit there and you you have, oh man, oh my you God, have thirteen receptions. A terrible game, a terrible game by by Oakland over there. They got completely blown out by the Chiefs. The Chiefs are somebody who, you know, like they just got on a hot streak. They were pissed off. They the Raiders had a meeting on their center field logo, like pregame. It pissed the Chiefs off. They came out hot and they just crushed crushed the souls out of the the Raiders. So. I mean, obviously, with the Raiders being down, had in comeback mode, we saw Hunter Renfro just go ham, especially in the second half. I mean, moving forward, they have Cleveland, Denver, and Indianapolis. And Denver's probably the most uh, you know unfriendly matchup in this, but I think Hunter Renfro is somebody that I want to make sure is in my starting lineups. And as for dynasty purposes, somebody that I'm trying to go out and, and possibly acquire for cheap if I can get them cheap. And when I say cheap, I'm talking about like a late second-round pick for a, com- a competing team. Right, if you have for a team that who for Hunter Renfro. Oh, thank God. Okay, I'm sorry, I misheard. Thank you for clarifying. I almost you think I said fly there. I don't, we don't want to go there. Just it's fine. I'm here. I'm good. Don't worry. Continue. Hunter Renfro is a very good player, and you should be acquiring him. I agree. Brian Edwards is dead. Yeah, That's if you're fun. a competing player, if you're a competing player, like you're you're sitting there, you're going into your fantasy championships, going into your fantasy playoffs, I would try and acquire Hunter Renfro for a late second round pick if that person is willing to part with them with like a rebuilding team. Now, I know Hunter Renfro is not old, so it's not really advantageous for somebody to move on from him. However, if they, this player, right, somebody might believe that Hunter Renfro might fall off and this is the time to sell high and a second round pick is a great, you know, place to acquire him at. Because, I mean, it's not like he's, one of the best players out there. I mean, he's wide receiver 20, which is good, but it's not great. A late, late second round pick could get the job done. If you had a rebuilding team, Thomas, would you move Hunter Renfro for a, for a second, mid to late second? Thomas, I think you're on mute. <laughs> I was like, wait, what happened? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was, yeah, I muted myself because I didn't want to speak too much on that game winning touchdown pass. Uh, by Tom Brady to to Brashad freaking Perriman. Oh, my God. Um, Look, I, I'm probably not trading away Hunter Renfro, and I'll tell you why. It's a mid to late second-round pick. It, are you really going to find a steady wide receiver, too, in that range? No. Do I think Hunter Renfro's job is going to change next year? I don't. I think he's earned it. I think he's earned a job. I think you're looking at, you know, Cole Beasley. I think you're looking at, um, I don't want to say Julian Edelman, but I think you're looking at that slot guy on a team that's still going to use him. Waller or not, he was he was fine when Waller was healthy. Not great, but fine. Like, look at the reception. Six, five, five, six, six, three, seven, seven, four, eight, nine, thirteen. Right? He has 73-plus receptions on the season. I, th- I think he's fine. Carr's still going to be there. Carr's going to love him. He's a first-down guy. I'm not trading that late second-round pick. And I'm going to have a pretty much locked and loaded top 30 wide receiver every week next year. I'm not, and he's only 25 and he's under contract. I, I, I probably really wouldn't move him, especially in a 2022 class. Not, it's not looking great for those mid to late seconds right now. 
No, it's not. It's a very shallow, shallow draft this year. I feel like. I mean, there yeah. are some players. Well, I, that, I'd, I'd hold him. He's a good player. There are some players that could see pops, but honestly, it's going to be very landing spot dependent for a lot of these wide receiver rookies that are coming out for twenty twenty two. So, yeah, that's something as to where, like, I don't know, man. If I'm on a rebuilding team. Sure, I, I might take a chance on them just because that you could see a value drop based off of who the Raiders draft. They're likely to bring in a rookie wide receiver in the first, what, two or three rounds. I mean, you know, obviously it didn't work out with rugs for other reasons, but I'll tell you this if there was a team that was going to be willing to pay Mike Williams, Oakland would be it. Yeah, Oakland like, could be. They're Oakland like, there might, there might be the only one, but yeah, still. Yeah, I, I'm. With with Renfro, I think that getting a mid second round pick is a decent value for a rebuilding team. Although, like I said, Hunter Renfro sure. is not really old. I'll, I'll take that it, pending the situation, pending my wide receiver depth, you know, so on and so forth. All right, let's talk about another wide receiver. We'll hit on one more. Which one do we want to hit on? Let's talk about uh, St. Brown. St. Brown is somebody who had a decent game for the second week up against a very good defense. He's obviously going to be a focal point of this offense moving forward. 12 targets, 8 receptions, 73 yards. He didn't get the, in the end zone, but you know, not many Lions will. Uh, he's somebody that I was off on in rookie drafts. A lot of people were on to his 20, you know, 2020 film, or was it 20, 2019 film? No. I'm sorry. He's, a lot of people were on to his 2019 film. I saw it in 2019. He didn't produce in the same ways in 2020. But, you know, he, he ended up going in drafts because he was going to be the focal point of this offense. So we're starting to see it come to fruition now. And in this draft, lines are likely, just like the Raiders are, likely to draft some wide receivers and fill in some spots. But I think that St. Brown is somebody that I want on my rosters. Now, I might wait until the heat dies down. But if you're somebody in Dynasty looking to acquire St. Brown, at what point? do you think you'd pay like what would you give up for him would you be willing to give up a early second round pick mid second round pick late second round oh yeah pick? Where I, I would take i'd take i'd take, I'd take a, a, a mid to late second round pick and send it for him for sure i think he's earned enough for next year i mean it would have been nice to see if see if um quintess cephas. oh my gosh if cephas could have been healthy because cephas was starting to come on there before he got hurt and the role was different but yeah i think he's worth it yeah, mid second, late second, easy, easy money. But are, is someone going to give that up for him? I don't know. He's a young player. Whoever has him doesn't have to move on from him. That's where it's always tough. Like, that's where you're always at risk of overpaying for someone because you're at risk for overpaying for someone because you think he might hit next time when he's really just been average. Like, he hasn't done anything super special. And he's, I don't particularly think he's a super special talent anyway at the NFL level. I think he's a moderately okay wide receiver. But if you're the person who has them probably wants to get rid of him anyway. And if you're paying that early second, that's too much. Right. And so like two Oh six is likely the, the spot I'm going to get up on, give up on him. but you have no incentive. So you're going to have to pay more than that. And I just, unless like there's a perfect world where both sides like come together and it's like just the perfect deal and it works. But for the most part, no, nah, I don't think you're going to get him for that. And I wouldn't overpay. Well, let's talk about maybe a competing team, right? So let's gauge his value because probably using draft picks isn't isn't accurate because he's a young player. You're probably rebuilding if you're trying to acquire him. So let's talk about something. Uh, let's talk about a, a player that you would actually move on, you know, from 
or you would be willing to move to a competing team in order to get them on your team if you're rebuilding. Let's talk about would you be willing to move on from Tyler Boyd for Amon Ross oh, Brown if you're rebuilding? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a solid value. Tyler Boyd's like, locked in this contract. I don't want Tyler Boyd anyway, but I mean they're the same player, so better offense, yeah. What about Russell Gage, another slot guy? Never. You would not give up Russell Gage? Oh, give up Russell Gage? Yeah. Yep. What about, let's see, let's see. Sorry, I'm looking for veterans as we're speaking and doing the show. Would you be willing to give up Julio Jones for him? Yes. Jameson Crowder? Yes. Mm, uh, no, no, I wouldn't. Because I think Crowder's going to go somewhere that he gets used. I think he's too good. I think he's a better version of Saint. All right. What about Cole Beasley? I never want Cole Beasley. <laughs> okay. So yeah. So pretty much any one of these slot guys that is similar to him that can yeah, look, value to a competing team. Similar to him, but also not dog water, right? Or, or that are dog water. You're talking about dog water like players, and and those are the players I want to get rid of for a guy like. Ooh, but no, re- like again, it. like no rebuild, like no guy that has Saint Brown. Oh, I mean maybe. Maybe they take Beasley. Depends. But Beasley kind of sucks at this point. The Bills offense looks bad. So Robbie Anderson just had a blow-up game, right? He just went 7 for 12 for 84 and a touchdown. Would you give up Robbie Anderson for Amaral St. Brown, or would you need something back? I would need something back. I hate Robbie Anderson as a fantasy asset because he's arguably one of the most frustrating fantasy assets I can ever remember having on my teams. But he's got the bag. He's got the bag. And worst case scenario, they fire Matt Rule and they bring in a better quarterback. I'd, I'd hold on to him. All right, let's go ahead and hit on one more position. God, it's, Robbie Anderson is terrible. Oh, my gosh. I just looked at his career lines. Why do people love this guy? Why did know. he get paid? Oh, I my don't gosh. Know. Let's bring up. A tight end who outproduced another good tight end that everybody's been repping. He's been seeing an increase in snap percentage uh, over the past, what, five games or so. He's seen at least 40% snap share. Albert Aquabunum. So he went out today and he gave you five receptions on five targets for 41 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he hasn't been used much in the touchdown department this season. That's only his second so far. So it's not like you're getting great value there, but is he somebody that you actually want to roster in belief that? He could absolutely see a jump in value if if the Denver Broncos do go out and, and acquire a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. No, because they still roster that other tight end that's a lot better. Is he better, though? Yes. Is he better? He wasn't yes. better this week. He's better at everything. It's just <laughs> the usages. I don't. I hate Vic Fangio, and I don't like Teddy Bridgewater. Alberto's a fine player. But no, nah, I want, and they'll always go to the draft capital and, and that's Fant. So yeah, Fant's a better player. He does everything that Albert O does a little bit better. Albert O has been fun as a player, but I'm still taking Fant, who's been very good as, as a, as a fantasy tight end still. I mean, Oof, he missed the game this week, right? Yeah, it is. He's tight end 16, but look at who he's got at quarterback, not getting him the touchdowns again, any quarterback bump. And no offense, not even 25. I like, I want Fant. All right. So let's bring up a, another young guy that we were talking about or that I want to talk about, Brevin Jordan. You know, he's somebody that I, I've been on the, the the horn about for, I don't even know now. For the record, Alberto is tight end 38. Yes, he is. Going but he has seen an increase in snap percentages. No. 
So, anyways, Brevin Jordan. He yep. is a exact replica of Delaney Walker in every way, shape, and form. His advanced metrics, mm-hmm. his workouts, like everything from top to bottom is almost reminiscent of Delaney Walker, even his injuries to an extent, his style of play, mm-hmm. his physicality. I mean, I've been comparing Brevin Jordan to Delaney Walker since I watched the film, break down the film back in February. And he's somebody that I think could be a stud in this offense. He's finally starting to earn a little bit of more of a workload. He's been favored over, not Pharaoh Brown, who was the other tight end over there, Jordan Akins. And mm-hmm. he is now seen. 42% of snaps, 60% of snaps the week before that. And this week he goes out, sees seven targets, four receptions, 26 yards, but he gets that that, touch, that touchdown, right? He gets in the end zone. So is Brevin Jordan somebody that you're looking to acquire in Dynasty? Or is he somebody that, that you might want to be a little bit more hesitant about? Because I have him in almost every single league. I love Brevin Jordan. Brevin well, Jordan is a, is a monster. He didn't cost you much to get, and there's very few tight ends out there that are good. So, of course, he's, any tight end that's producing at any level at a young age is worth acquiring. So, yeah, I would I would acquire him. Is he easy to get, though? Mm, probably not, given the state of tight end. Right? Yeah, I mean, but, I, well, you, you know, said he was easy to get. a second-round pick for him. I mean, easy to get when it comes to, like... You're not going to have to give up a first. You're probably not going to have to give up multiple seconds. He's not Pat Fryermuth, right? He's not any of these guys. He's on the Houston Texans as a team in turmoil, right? So, yeah, he's going to be easier. I'll say easier to acquire. Yeah, Tim over there in the chat is sitting there saying, I think the mid-second is where he starts fishing with it. So, I mean, I'm not that far off either on that one. I, I think mid-second is what I would send for Brevin Jordan. You could have got him on free agency in some of your dynasty leagues back like two or three weeks ago before he started getting the snap share. So now you're having to get up a second for him. I would not give up Brevin Jordan for a second. I would need more than that. Maybe two seconds is what it would take me. But I think that he's going to be a top 10 tight end within a couple years from now. Uh, He still has some work to do. He still has to develop and he has to get better blocking. But I think he's, he's right around the corner. Tight end's a tough position, man. Like you're either going to hit that guy um or or you know he's gonna be dust <laughs> he's he's somebody it's kind of funny like we we sit there and we see oh god who was it kale warring right that everybody was talking about for the texans he's the next breakout pharaoh brown's the next breakout jordan akins is the next breakout i mean the list goes on and on and on of the tight people are starved for the, texans for the texans to do, like have a good player on a roster but brevin jordan is actually a very very good player like he's not somebody he that's just going to see opportunity he's actually a great receiver he works well on the outside as well and he can beat cornerbacks because of his size and physicality corners do not want to play press coverage on him because he delivers blows like he delivers hits on the cornerbacks. Yeah, Tim in the chat goes Steven Anderson as well. I mean, this is this is not just a blip on the radar. This is not just a, a tight end. This is a pass catching tight end with phenomenal physical attributes and advantageous speed score. I mean, he's gonna smash. He's gonna smash in the future. I would make sure that you have Brevin Jordan on your rosters moving forward. We just saw a glimpse of it this week. Yeah, I mean, and that's a, that's the hard part too, right? You're being you're being reactive and not predictive. So if you weren't getting, so this is where dynasty is. There's kind of like a fallacy. in when it comes to acquiring players, in my opinion, right? So you want to be more pro um, predictive 
than reactive. Brevin Jordan had a good game today and he's looked pretty good. That probably means you're a couple weeks behind getting him at a price that you're going to be comfortable paying for. So you better be ready to pay that little bit more than you're comfortable. And chances are most dynasty managers, once a trade is getting set up, you're not comfortable paying more than you, you know, should have to. So if you don't have that conviction for players that have a good game and you go and try to acquire, because I guarantee the conversation is going to go something like this. Chase is going to message me and he goes, oh, I, I have, or I'm going to message Chase and I go, hey, I'm interested in Brevin Jordan. And Chase is going to go, yeah, I mean, that's cool. Like, I'll move him, but I'm I'm climbing on him. Like, he, he he's climbing up. And you'll be like, oh, of course he is, right? So that's everyone's way of saying, like, yeah, you're going to pay up, pay up. Because you're you're a couple weeks late, so you, if you had that conviction on the player, this game shouldn't have been the game that made you realize it. So you're probably but, behind. Yeah, and if that's the case, you're going to have to give up at least a second, you know, in order to get you're him. And somebody that rostered, somebody that rostered him, obviously rostered him for a reason because he wasn't producing, he wasn't yeah. getting snaps, you know, up until a few weeks ago. So now that he's starting to get it, yeah. that person who had him this entire time is now starting to believe in him. However, if they were recently you acquired. Have... I think you could yeah. actually move him and get or you know get him for a second round pick if it was somebody that had him sitting on the waivers and just saw a snap share go up. I think if you I think if you the best way to go and get Brevin Jordan right now is to hope that the he already has a tight end locked in for the next couple years. Then it's easy money. Then it's just free money for him. It's a quote unquote luxury pick or luxury player that he can, he can move. That's your, that's your best option. If that's like his future tight end, cause he's rostering Jared cook. It, it might be a problem. It will be a problem. I will <laughs> say this is what I would do to, in order to get Brevin Jordan. I'll find another player on that guy's roster. Right. And I would move off of one of my guys that's higher up and have him throw in Brevin Jordan as, you know, just a, 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 a throw in or an add in essentially right like you're going to acquire let's just say you have i don't know um what's a what's a player right now that has some some value behind his name but he's not amazing let's say melvin gordon all right you have you have juju melvin gordon smith freaking schuster let's say you have melvin gordon right and you're oh trading God. for juju smith schuster you Ugh. get him to throw in brevin jordan no i would trade juju for brevin jordan <laughs> oh god no <laughs> Oh, that's that's a little bit too much. All right, Juju's useless. What's oh. what's his career trajectory from here on? An unathletic uh, wide receiver who's incapable of winning on the outside. What's his? Let's real... see if he actually goes to the Chiefs this year. Hunter like he should have done in the first place. I would take Hunter Renfro over for Dynasty. <laughs> what is with people in Juju? He's I... not. He can't win on his own. He can't win on his own. He can't do it. He is so bad against man coverage. It's unbelievable over the last couple of years. As soon as Antonio Brown went out the door, he's become borderline average as a wide receiver, let alone a fantasy asset on a team that throws the ball almost more than anyone else in the league. He's he's not good. He's not good. He's and now seeing he's the targets. Injuries stacking up. He, he's I'm, seeing the targets. And it was were the you play happy calling. with him in your lineup? It was the seeing play the call. Last year was. But if he's seeing the targets, you should be happy with the result if he's a good player, and he's not. Claypool's producing just fine. James Washington's producing just fine. Deontay Johnson's a stud. Juju couldn't do nothing with his opportunities. He's 
slow. Because they had him just lining up in the win. slot, and that was it. Look, that was that's it. the only place he can play. He can't <laughs> play on the outside. If he could play on the outside, he would be a better fantasy asset and a better football player. But he can't. He can't win on the outside on his own. At best, you're looking at off-zone coverage all the time against him, and you're going to be fine. He's not a deep yeah. ball guy. He might be a red zone guy, but like, eh, he's not, he's, he's, and look, the worst thing that ha- could have happened to Juju Smith-Schuster, Schuster, wow, Juju Smith-Schuster did happen, is he blew up super early. And people want to hold on to the fact that he blew up super early, but refuse to look up how and why that happened. And, I don't see a path to him ever recovering that. If you're rostering Juju, the second he signs somewhere, move him. The minute. Oh, what if he goes to Kansas City? Kansas City has has proven that they cannot produce a number a number two wide receiver. Since Andy Reid has been there, the number two receiver's name is Travis Kelsey. I don't care if he goes there. Sammy Watkins couldn't do anything, and Sammy Watkins is a more athletic receiver than Juju Smith-Schuster. He's a completely different receiver than Juju He's Smith-Schuster. more athletic, and that's what I care about. Is Juju going to get eight receptions a game? No. So if he gets four receptions a game in Kansas City, what's he going to do with it? Nothing, because he's not athletic. Well, it depends on if the offense is spread out. I mean, you're sitting there and you're it looking at an opportunity for Juju Pittsburgh's to get in. offense is spread out. Not really. He, they were very inefficient. No, the whole entire offense is inefficient. Almost no skill. Especially after, how they use the like, slot position. They don't oh use the slot God. position correctly. So you wouldn't get to use it, it properly in Kansas City either, because that's kind of where Tyree Kill and uh, Travis Kelsey like do their work. So he'd have to do what? Win on the outside, which he can't freaking do. He's 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 going to get paid a lot of money to be a very disappointing asset. And I'm telling you now, if you roster him and he signs somewhere, move him <laughs> for a trash can, a bag of soccer balls, a sandwich. I'm pretty um, sure that people did not tune in to listen to us talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. So I will <laughs> I will trash Juju until the day they put me in the ground. He's an overrated oh dynasty God. asset. He only Horrific. saw what? What was that? 23 targets in the three games where he saw over a 50% snap share. I mean, happy for him. Yep. I was, I was very happy for him, uh, but <laughs> very happy that I didn't roster him because he was still bad. All right. Let's end it on one more thing because we had two players who had very similar stat lines in terms of production. Who you got moving forward, Pratt Firemuth or Kyle Pitts? Today, Kyle Pitts went and took six targets for five or had five receptions on six targets for 61 yards, double digit fantasy points. I quit. Which route are you going, Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth? I don't think I'm going to acknowledge the question. Why? <laughs> because if you're taking Fryermuth over Kyle Pitts, uh, you should be concerned about your your dynasty choices. Why? 